The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to another week of WTMJ Nights. Glad you are with us. Big show planned, and you know it's always more fun when you get involved. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. If you avail yourself of that and you are on the phone, you'll be talking to Tommy. Be nice to him. He's not going to be around much longer for us to kick around, so be nice to Tommy. Uh, you'll get to me. That's how it works. And you want to text? Sure, let's text. How about let's start with a, a text question of the night. Do you think there should be a mandatory retirement age for politicians? Do you think there should be a mandatory retirement age for politicians? And what age would that be? What age would you make a mandatory retirement age for politicians? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. We'll get into that in just a second. Tommy, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Oh, yeah, great weekend, great weekend. How was yours? It was, uh, oh, oh, it was lovely. I, w- I emceed a huge black tie gala on Saturday. Yep, I believe we talked about that last week. Yes, so it was uh, Saturday night, the Irish American Hall of Fame in Chicago. I was there the host for the seventh time for this event, got all uh, duded up, fancy, fancy, and uh, yeah, did did a, uh, from all the reviews, I am not saying this to pat myself on the back, all the reviews came in very favorable. So. Are, you a, are you a fan of dressing up? You seem like you could be, you seem like you could not be. I don't mind it when I have to. I'm much more comfortable in shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, I'm not going to lie to you, that's mm-hmm. my... That's my signature look, but if I have to dress up, I'm I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I like I like putting on a tux. It makes me feel like I'm in a James Bond movie. Okay, yeah. I just I I feel good. It, you know, there's something about that that because I tie my own bow tie. You know, I got some nice cufflinks. I'm not wearing uh, you know I'm not wearing stuff from you know that some high school kid made out in the week before. Yeah, you go all out for it. I get it. Well, I, I yeah, I, I you know, I own a tux, and that sounds that sounds like a flex, but trust me, it's not. You can get a tuxedo for quite reasonable rates to the point where I had put on some weight, so my old tux didn't fit, and I had three events this year that I needed a tux for, and to rent a tux, it was going to cost me about two hundred and fifty bucks a shot. I bought a tux for $170. Yeah, there you go. Can't go wrong with that, right? Can't go wrong with that. You know, cost me a little to have the, you know, it tailored a little bit. But yeah, so for under 200 bucks, I got three wares out of a, a tux where it would have cost me 750 to rent it. It's kind of the season so. to dress up, too, getting into that spring, you know, too. The memories are popping up. My proms were like five oh. and six years ago, respectfully. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I did the tux one year. Are you year. a dress-up guy? Do you like that? I don't like a suit coat. Not a suit coat guy. I'll dress up. Okay. Totally cool with the vest and a tie. No problem at all. I can tie my own tie. I can't tie a bow tie. I can't flex that hard. But um, <laughs> all, all good dressing up if it's no suit coat because I just never look good in a suit coat because I got too big of shoulders. Okay. Really? You, and you can't – listen, They uh, there's a lot of NFL players and uh, stuff that – well, I'm also not style. built like an NFL player either, to be fair. So, <laughs> yeah, I get it. no. See, I'm I was much more comfortable dressing up a few years ago 
Then I put on some weight, and now I'm like, I gotta lose that weight again. But yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. And I used to, I used to be like you. I used to, as soon as I got to an event, I would take off the coat. Yeah, mostly because my coats never fit right, you know. But once I got suit coats and sport coats that fit right, I was like, oh, I'll leave this on. You yeah, know, every time I got them tailored, I still look just too blocky. I, I yeah. never, never really been for me. I like the vest, like the ties. I'm, I'm all for all right. it. But suit coat gets thrown off right away. Nothing wrong with that. That's listen. Everybody's got to have their own style. You're the vest guy. That's all right. You say it like that's it's a, a bad good, thing. That's a good style to have. Um, yeah. So it was. So that was a big deal. Uh, you know the uh, the people who were inducted were fantastic. My, I was in because I'm on the board. I was in charge of uh, one inductee, uh, Joanne Hayes White. She was the first female fire chief of a major metropolitan department. She was a fire chief in San Francisco, and um, so she was she was inducted, and it was great. She flew in. Um, everybody there was the guy who would, uh, you know, did the first liver transplant. His uh, niece accepted the award on his behalf. There was it was just an incredible group of Irish Americans, and um, so that was yeah, that was all Saturday. I had to whip up some comments and uh, go out there and do what I do: run my mouth and keep things on schedule, make a couple jokes. And it's always funny in these kind of things because it's not a comedy, you know, it's not a comedy show, but you want to be, you know, you want to keep things light at times. And first joke, first joke I made, like half the crowd laughed because they they had just sat down and it was about the salad they had. So it was um, it was a good joke, uh, but you know, it's it's an odd it's an odd situation because everybody's everybody's dressed up. Everybody's eating at first. Uh, they're not sure what to expect. They all paid a lot of money to be there, and it's like, who's this? Who's this guy talking to us all of a sudden? But it was uh, it was fun. So that was yeah, big weekend. Even though I don't know what to do about this weather, we're now in May officially, and the uh, weather is still awful. So Just other crummy. than that, it's when are, when's it going to stop? I told you it's shifted. Just, we've we've had the weather talk. It's just shifted. This is like the I, end of winter. I know, this but is I don't not, have time for this. I, know. I don't have time to wait. It's <laughs> I, May. All right, I, I May. I get way. it. I feel April yeah. showers bring May. I get it. All right, April. I'll take a little. You know, we can up and down. And I'm tired of the weather monkeys telling us, "Oh well, you know, that's just the spring. Everything alternates." Blah 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 blah. Yeah 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 yeah. I get it. I don't want to wait till July for spring to come, and then September we have summer, and then it goes right back into winter. All right, we got a couple people chiming in on our text question of the night. Uh, what do you think there? What do you think the mandatory age should be for politicians to retire? And uh, we're going to talk about this, and I'll and I'll tell you why. I'm sure you know why. Uh, Jeff says I think there should be a mandatory retirement age at 80 when they may be more susceptible to dementia or other issues that could affect their decision making ability. 269 says no max age, but there should definitely be term limits. I agree with that, but that could, you know, that affects people, you know, in their 50s or whatever. I still think if, well, all right, let's take a break because then we're going to get started. But we're going to talk about this. So should there be an age limit on politicians? And then we have to start looking at age limits on some other things, and that gets pretty hairy. So we'll get into it after this. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank Talk and Text Lines. Brian Newton, WTMJ Night. Oh man, I love this song. I need 
WTMJ Nights, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. A lot has been made since Joe Biden announced that he will be running for re-election, that uh, he is 80. And if he were to win the election, he'd be the oldest, the oldest person ever um, to be president. Uh, we've also, you know, there's been some question of, just listen, when you get to be 80, there's no shame in saying that there's some physical decline and maybe a little mental decline. Some people more than others, some uh, imperceptible mentally, but you can tell physically. Everybody ages differently, but a lot has been made about the president's age going into the next election. Now, the uh, assumed front runner on the Republican side, not too much younger, but nobody's really saying too much about uh, but about uh, Donald Trump's age either. But the other night was the correspondence dinner, the White House correspondence dinner. You know what that that's where all the writers and reporters and everybody who covers Washington is in a big room and uh, there's a comedian there and they roast each other and they make jokes and the president was there and he was making a lot of jokes and a lot of them about his age. He was coming right out. Excuse me. He was coming right out and addressing it, which I think is a, a good move, you know, because it's the thing most people are thinking about. If you look at polls, age is the deal. Uh, the president began by telling journalists and others assembled, look, I get that age is a completely reasonable issue. It's in everybody's mind, and by everybody, I mean the New York Times. Uh, then he added, headline, Biden's advanced age is a big issue. Trump's, however, is not. Then he said, you might think I don't like Rupert Murdoch. That's simply not true. How can I dislike a guy who makes me look like Harry Styles? Uh, he said, call me old. I call it being seasoned. You say I'm ancient. I say I'm wise. You say I'm over the hill. Don Lemon would say that's a man in his prime. So he was, he was joking about the age to try to disarm everybody. But if you've been following what's going on with Senator Dianne Feinstein, Feinstein in uh, San Francisco, and other, you know, we talked about all kinds of other politicians who are just get to the point where they are obviously starting a decline, but they have a lock on their districts or a lock on their uh, wherever they're from. And it keeps younger people from running. And I'm not saying, listen, I have nothing against old people. I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty much getting to the, Tommy would tell you I'm an old man right now and Brian he wouldn't is old. be far off. You know? Um but there there comes a point where I think you have to step aside. We have mandatory retirement ages in just about every other field. You know? But in politics it's like, well, you can stay till you're dead basically. And I think we have to start looking at an age where because term limits, we've tried to get term limits for a long time. And that's just not working. Uh, so we have to say, all right, listen, this is the point. And maybe it sounds ageist, but here's here's what I'm here's my proposal. To run for president, the the 70 is it. 70 is it. If you're, if you're over 70, I'm sorry. I don't care how qualified you are. You can't run for president. Sorry. And if you're, if you're in the Senate, if you're in the House, 
At 75, you got to be done. Sorry, friends. Thank you for your service, sincerely. But you're 75, and go off and enjoy yourself. The job you have wasn't designed to be a lifetime job anyway. You know, people love to quote the founding fathers and what they meant back there, blah, 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 blah. But no, uh, this was supposed to be, it was designed where people would come, they would serve, and then they would go back to their regular lives. So 75, boom. You're never going to get young people involved if the olds never get out of the way. We talk about a problem with voter turnout, especially among the young. Now, last the last election was a little bit different, a lot more young people voting, which is good. But, and I'm not talking, you know, I don't mind that you have to be at least 35 to run for president. I think at the other end, we should have, you know, we should have that, that block too. But I'm not saying let anybody, anybody uh, from 22 be president. But I'm saying you're not going to get you're not going to get young people voting. You're not going to get them excited with an 80, 84 year old candidate. No matter no matter what kind of job you think they do, somebody who's 18 to 25 to 30. That's like voting for their grandparents or maybe their great-grandparents. So we have to figure this out. Uh, Gail in Wauwatosa says, age limit, yes, and term limits too. The older people in Congress now are too numerous. They, however, will never vote to do this for themselves. Not sure how it could happen because of that. These were supposed to be serve the people positions, yes, which is what I said, and now they've become moneymaker positions for those who serve and addicts the servers to the position so rarely do they step down if re-elected the only reason they're still there is actually the fault of the voters should definitely be an age limit on running for president from the 414 i agree with 80 this will foster a grooming program at over 80 they could be paid to consult if we buy what they're selling fine from the 414 i think 30 to 65 is a good age range for politicians i also want term limits and cognitive testing uh, the leader of the free world and those who govern over a populace should be in their prime. I yes, it's I can't imagine how stressful that job is being president or being a senator or a Supreme Court justice. All these things that people can be in until you know, literally, they die. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, they don't. Nobody wants to retire. They already think. They, they all think they have more work to do, and that's admirable to a point. But yes, I'm sure a lot of people who have been forced to retire from a lot of jobs still think they, they can contribute, and they can, just maybe not in that job. And nobody's saying that if, you, if, if at 75 you're forced to retire from the Senate or the Congress that you have to go into a hole and die. Go back to your district. Do something else. Help the help the younger person who was just elected. Serve as some sort of advisor. Could they but, be cabinet members? I, yes, they could be a cabinet member because the president is ultimately making the decision. Okay. Now, I don't, you know, if it were me and I'm a 65-year-old president, I'm going to want people my age, maybe a little younger. Now, if I'm looking, you know, for like the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you've got you've got people in the military 
who have been career military people, very wise, who would be, you know, in the 60 to 65 to 70 year old range. That's still, you know, that's still good. You want somebody, I think, who uh, with the economics to be, you know, at least even if they're in the in their 60s, they're going to know what's going on. You know, you start getting you start getting anybody too old. You just you just run the risk of things going south fast. And that's listen. There's a there are a lot of very 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 vibrant people who are in their 70s, 80s and, and I don't know. I don't know too many people in their 90s could still be very vibrant. But I also think this is a job that needs experience, so that's why I'm not saying put young people in there. When I'm saying young, I'm talking about 55 and up, you know? That's that's in the in the realm of politics, that's still young. I know to you Tommy that must be what? Uh, that's like oh, 55. Like 48 years AARP away. Members. Yeah. They shouldn't even be driving. They're all at Target on Wednesday getting a discount. They're Culver's coffee drinkers. It's just all yep. over the place. The guy's sitting in White Castle, smoking a cigarette in the parking lot. They're going in and having two sliders and a cup of coffee. I, <laughs> I, I think that term limiting is definitely should be in the cards. I think the Senate and the House, if you do it to 12 years, so that gives you, what, six terms in the House and yeah. – three in the Senate, or no, two in the Senate, right? What right. was the six-year terms, right? I think that's yeah. totally fair. Eight years for president. And I, I think 70, like you said, is a good cutoff. I think you got to run before you're 70. Yeah. Or like, like that's the, for the first term. You got to run. If you haven't run in your first term by the time you get to 70, sorry. 70 for the first term, that puts you, that still puts you at 78, though, when you're done with your second term. But you know, we're just throwing out some ideas. I'd love to hear yours. 855-616-1620. The old National Bank Talk and Text Line. More after this. WTMJ night. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. On the other side of the news. Oh, my goodness. 14-year-old slinging booze. Will it be happening here in Wisconsin? I made that. I wanted to make that sound scary. Did it sound scary, Tommy? Like Terrified. Those, oh, good. My 14-year-olds touching your beers. Is it going to happen to you? We'll find out on the other side of the news. But it is 630. That means we have to go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. That's where Wyatt Barmore Pooley is standing by. Oh, here we go. Just jazzing it up. I, I was thinking loungy with this story. I like it. It's like Sinatra. Like speakeasy. I see cigarette smoke hanging in the din of the lights, like a three-piece little band over in the corner, some jazz standards. And this is where I go after with the tux, where I'm still wearing the jacket, but now the tie is untied and hanging down, you know, the bow tie. That's kind of the the loungy look I like from uh, from this. C- Pretty soon, if you're, in a, uh, if you're in a bar or a restaurant uh, like this and you're in your tuxedo or your gown, listening to some music. Maybe a 14-year-old will come over and bring you your uh, gin ricky, which I think is an old, old-timey drink. Yes, a, uh, a bill that uh, Pat, new bill was released today in uh, Madison. You heard Wyatt report on it. 
that says 14-year-olds could serve liquor in bars or restaurants where people are seated. So you'd have to be in a restaurant, a supper club, uh, somewhere, you know. But if you're sitting down, 14-year-olds can serve you liquor. Seems a bit young to me. What about to you? 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk text line, Old National Bank. And get old. As of right now, the law requires an employee of a bar or restaurant to be at least 18 years old to serve cocktails, wine, or beer to customers. I would feel very uncomfortable if an eighth grader brought me over an old-fashioned. It'd be like if you made your kid go get you a beer from the refrigerator. But it's not your kid. So this new bill would allow teenage employees between 14 and 17 to serve alcohol to seated customers only. Now, does that mean they could be behind the bar and serving people who are sitting at the bar? Or do they have to be waiters and waitresses? That, that wasn't really clear to me. Now, of course, the um, authors of the bill are saying, hey, we... It's, if we're, we're making people wait to 18 to serve beer uh, and liquor, it causes workforce issues due to an establishment's underage employees only being able to do part of their job. Yeah, because they are not supposed to be handling liquor anyway. If you go to the grocery store, how many times have you gotten in a line and you've got all your groceries and maybe you got a 12-pack in there and you don't look and the person at the checkout, if you still use, uh, you know, lines that have a cashier in them you get to the front and all of a sudden you see it's this young person you're like oh no and then they have to go 21 on line number three 21 on three and you're like oh now one everybody knows i'm drinking two i gotta hang around till some front end manager who decides that they're they'll finally deign to come over and ring up your beer is going to take care of it i understand that it's hard to get people to, to work, but I think at 14, 15, 16, you should be a bus boy or something, uh, or you're, you're a, a food runner. I don't think you need to be serving alcohol at that age. Tommy, you're closer to that age than me. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's odd, but from a young man's perspective, would you want to be served uh, alcohol at dinner by a 14-year-old? Uh, no, I definitely think 14 seems a little young, but I think you could sway me for 16 to serve a beer or wine to someone. Maybe they don't get to make cocktails or anything, but if they're a waitstaff person already, you know, they so bring over an okay open beer. So you're saying it's okay if they run it out. Right. Know, if they bring it out to you. If they're already waiting. I See, maybe I just haven't been to restaurants that have servers that are that young and I hate that term servers but I don't want to say wait I don't want to always say waiter or waitress but server just seems like ha 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 look at me with my servants yeah I, and think, I don't I think wait staff is all right and I think if they are 16 working wait staff they could be you could convince me to serve wine and beer I don't know where, like I said where I, have you been to places that have 16 year old wait staffs I would say that was one of the more common jobs from high schoolers when people were working in high school. See, I worked in in a restaurant, but I was a busboy, and I was a dishwasher, and um, you know, not even a food runner. Those were all the those were all the older 
Like those were 18 year olds and up that were running the food and doing that kind of stuff. So like a 16 year old working at Culver's who brings your tray out, I don't consider that wait staff. No. But I also don't, I, and Grant, maybe I don't go out enough, a, a lot, but I can't remember ever having somebody take care of me at a restaurant that seemed under college age. You know, I've definitely Even been at a, a restaurant this... where someone else has had to bring the alcohol. If someone's ordered it at the table, yeah. I boy, I, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that there's wait staffs that young. And and maybe you know, tell me I'm wrong. Well, that'd be fine. Wisconsin would become the only state in the country to allow teen workers under the age of 17 to serve alcohol. Uh, only two states in the country, Maine and West Virginia, allow bar and restaurant employees under the age. 18 to serve alcohol uh in both states you must be 16 or 17 so yeah wisconsin going to uh yeah <laughs> who decides to card the customer with a 14 year old server good question that's that's a, i didn't even think of that one imagine you're sitting there and tommy you have a, a very boyish look to you you look young you look strapping oh thanks uh you're being waited on by a 14 year old who cards you <laughs> What do you think? I, I would just ask for their ID to make sure they're 14. Right, but now all of a sudden, make sure they're 14. What if suddenly some of my first graders are waiting on you? You know, it's, They're not that far away, if you think about it. It, seems, it just seems ridiculous to me. I think 14's way too young. Six, 16 yeah, makes no, sense I think, to me. I think 18. 18, you can touch the alcohol. You can't even buy it legally. You're not even supposed to have it in your possession. Right. So just shuttling it from the bar to the table... That's that's still iffy. Well, isn't it? Uh, there's an underage drinking rule in Wisconsin with family at a restaurant. Same same yeah, things. But I know. Is that still? Is that? Yeah, that's still a thing. But that's 18, right? No, it's under 18. The 18 to 21 doesn't work. I think. That's so the gray area the, where you can't do it. Wait, 18 to 21, you can't. But if I bring in my 14 year old, they can start doing highballs with me. Uh, if you serve the parent and the parent gives the drink i mean obviously you can't the 14 year old can't order it but they can't really Wait, do anything my 14 year old can't order from another 14 year old but they, they can serve and it. then bring yeah. some 12 year old Actually, scotch you have to serve it to there's your a lot 14 of 14 year old and then your 14 year old can give it to you and then you give it back to your 14 year old that's what the new rule is going to be that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of shuffling <laughs> around passing the old-fashioned from the nine to from the nine to oh, think about the extreme underage underage people working at Hooters. Yeah, you want a fourteen year old Hooters girl? I don't think so. I barely want a twenty five year old Hooters. There's girl no way around. they're hiring th that young at Hooters. I understand, but you know, uh, from the two six two fourteen year old serving alcohol, but yet they have to wait till they're twenty one to buy it and drink it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we've got the same could be. The same could be said for 18, but 18 is still you're an, you're considered an adult. You know, so I don't mind an 18-year-old serving me, you know, cuz that's you could be 18 and be out of high school. If you're working as a as a server in a restaurant at 18, okay, that's cool. 14 seems dumb. Uh Scott says hell no. This sounds like a Republican solution to the worker shortage instead of pushing for higher wages for adults, they push to have children at cheap wages do the same task. Kids are not aware of the problem, drunkenness this can create. Um, it just it just doesn't 
sound like the panacea that some people would have you believe that it is. I don't believe that allowing 14-year-olds to bring this stuff to the table needs to be done. Now, Tommy's saying 16. I still think that's too young. I'm, I say keep it as it is. Now, what does the Tavern League of Wisconsin say? Well, I'll tell you after this, and I also want to hear more from you, 855-616-1620. How comfortable would you be if a 14-year-old brought your drink to the table while you were out to eat? Hmm. I would be uncomfortable. It's WTMJ Nights. Beer, conversations. Just a couple old boys. Yeah, that's fine. Cold beer and conversation. I just don't want my cold beer brought to me by a 14-year-old. That's the uh, the bill that was introduced today in the Wisconsin legislature. Not a fan. 855-616-1620. And then we have been talking, we've been digging, Tommy and I, during the break about the confusing law when it comes to parents with minors in a bar or a restaurant. So according to the law, the Department of Revenue under Chapter 125 of the Wisconsin Statutes, Tommy, an underage person accompanied by a parent, guardian, or spouse of legal drinking age may be sold or served alcoholic beverages in any licensed premises. But then, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of ambiguity um, <laughs> from the four one four. As long as they don't spill it, I don't care how old they are. Well, all right, fair enough. I just think, what's that? I said fair enough. Yeah, I, well, listen, I don't want to, I don't want a twenty five year old spilling my drink. I'm paying good money for that liquor. You bring you bring it all at once. I don't want anybody messing this up. But um, yeah, it just there there's something. When you're exposing kids to alcohol at that age and serving it and the responsibility, like I know uh, I was one summer I was going to work, my wife and I, when our daughter was in band in high school, they the band parents did a fundraiser with one of the amphitheaters where we could work the beer tent. And then we'd, we would staff the beer tent and then the venue would pay us a portion of that money to the band. So we were doing it, but we had to take a class about serving. And I'm sure a 14 year old would have to take a class, but that's, it's too young. It's too young to be handling that kind of stuff. And to use the excuse that, well, we can't get anybody to work in our restaurant. Well, then let's, let's look at the underlying cause of that. Let's just not say, you know, there's, there's a lot of industries and a lot of companies that are having trouble getting workers are we going to just let kids do all those jobs and i know it's not, that's apples and oranges in some cases but really 14 that that just seems goofy i don't know did you now tommy you grew up in wisconsin did you ever go out with your uh, with your family when you were under when you were underage and have drinks I'm actually a tavern kid, so I mean... Are you really? Yeah, I've been going to the bars since 10 years old all day, at, weekly, with, with parents, certain family. Now, would you drink there? Nope, never never did anything uh, that was not like a Coke or whatever until I was 21, but definitely was immersed there and well-known around the bar for, for that time. Well, see, that I don't mind. I don't mind... If a parent takes their kid into a tavern and, you know, they're watching their kid and it's a, it, the family's there, everybody's having a good time, I, I have no problem with that. 
the serving it is where I have the problem. I was just one. I I have never actually talked to anybody who was like, yeah, when I was 15, I used to go to the bar with my old man. We watched the Packers, and I'd down a 12. It's, <laughs> I've, I've never met anybody who did that. No, that's know? that's a little weird, too, I would say, right? So that's yeah, uncomfortable See, that's as why well. this whole law is kind of weird. Yeah, I get it. Because I know my parents would have never, if I was with them, you know, at 17, they wouldn't have let me buy a beer even if, or have a beer, even if it was, you know, okay. I, I think that you can convince me for a restaurant staff to allow it. I don't think anyone under the age of eighteen should be a bartender. No, no. I and I, I'm going to stick. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to. I'm saying it. Nobody under eighteen serving liquor. That's all. Just you know, you can if you have to hire freshmen in high school, have them do the other jobs. Then hire yourself a senior or a recent high school grad, and they can run the booze out. Because, I don't know, that's just that's just me. I remember I remember coming to Wisconsin for my first legal beer um, at eighteen, and all my friends were still seventeen. We were coming up to Alpine Valley to go to a concert, and I remember stopping at. Uh, it's changed now. It used to be um, I think in Racine, right there. As you get off to go over to Alpine Valley, there was a little restaurant. I think it's a truck stop now or something. But, uh, yeah, everybody else is ordering, and I uh, I forget. I can't even remember what beer I ordered. But it was such a big deal that I could order a beer at a restaurant. My chest was puffed out. I had one beer. It was like, oh, and all my buddies were just looking at me like, oh, man, how come we can't have a beer? Because you're babies, just little bitty babies. And I'm a full-grown man. And then they changed the drinking age and, you know. That was that. All right. On the other side of the news, oh, my goodness, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Senior assassination, not what you think, but it's causing a problem. Uh, The king, future king of England, wants people to pledge their fealty to him. Aerosmith is in the news and a drive-thru window. That's a lot for one hour of show, but we'll try to fit it in after the news on WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome to Hour 2. We're here till 8 o'clock, and then it's uh, Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Before the news, we were talking about the proposed bill where 14-year-olds will be able to serve liquor to seated customers, and just like that, on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620, our poet laureate has weighed in with a poem about this issue. So driving home, so driving home just now I heard you say that soon enough it would be okay for a 14-year-old to serve me beer. Well, now that's one less thing to fear. Since, since of my worries, this is not on my list, but now at least I've gotten the gist that getting beer to my table is of prime concern for our restaurant colleagues who need money to earn so they reach for our miners for something to do to get alcohol to the table for both me and you. So as a native of Wisconsin, I guess you'd have my vote since not having beer with my dinner would make me take note. Cheers, a night's poet. 
Yeah. Heavy man. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. That was right on. That was that was that was deep. That was a long one. It was a, that was almost an ode. I love it. Um, somebody just said Brat Stop with a question mark. Yes, I've I've been to the Brat Stop. <laughs> are they are they do they have fourteen year olds working at the Brat Stop? I have not. No, the last now I wasn't. I I was there maybe February. Did not have a fourteen year old server. I would say my server was college age, young lady who took care of us. Um, she did whisk me over some brews, mm. but you know, again, she looked like she was in college. She probably looked old. She looked old enough to drink, but what do I know? I got fired from the carnival because I could never guess anybody's age or weight. So that's it. Have you ever heard of the game uh, Assassin, Tommy? Now you were on a college campus recently. That's where I first played it. Oh, uh, I don't know if I was cool enough to play Assassin then. No. Well, listen. You don't have to be cool to play it. It's, it's still going on. Now it's a game called Senior Assassination. And it's played with uh, squirt guns. We played it with Nerf dart guns. And it's basically, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. You get a contract to shoot and quote-unquote kill the person on your list. So you're basically a hitman with some sort of toy gun. Okay. Well, now it's spreading all over the country. And... It's weird that I saw this story today because I was on Instagram because nothing in the world happens if it's not on Instagram. And I saw an ad for a squirt gun that looks like a Glock and it also it comes with two magazines. So what once your one magazine is empty, you have another one to to just pop in just like a regular handgun. And the stream looks great. It looks terrific. Now, the the water pistol is white. Um, it's got a big blue thing where the barrel would be. So it's obviously a toy, but then you've got the clip that's hanging out of the body. It, it was pretty cool. And I thought to myself, do I need a Glock squirt gun? Then I realized, no, I really don't need a Glock squirt gun because I'd probably get in a lot of trouble with a Glock squirt gun. But kids are playing with these realistic looking squirt guns. I played, I had a, uh, it was a like a model of a sawed-off shotgun that held two of those soft-tipped darts in it. So that was when I played Assassin in college. That was my weapon of choice because I thought it looked cooler than a lot of the guys had just the you know a regular one of those dart guns. But Tommy, you see me whip a sawed-off shotgun out from under my coat. You mean business. Pretty, yeah, I get uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not messing around. We, we had a game similar to this. It was called Paranoia in high school. Okay. Uh, basically, teams were formed between all ages of whoever in the high school. There was a money pot, and it was a neighborhood water fight tournament style. And okay. there was a handful of rules. They always got broken. It was always a you-know-what show, and there was always controversy, but... <laughs> there was a winner every single year. So, we, what did you have to do to win? What was the the object? It was, it of was the tournament game? style. So there was a okay. time period. Let's say you have five people on your team. The max was five you could have. It okay. was this time frame is going to be three days, and so you have three days to eliminate as many people in the neighborhood during this game. There was like safe zones of your house and your employment, and then other than that. You could virtually get someone out anywhere, any way possible, as long as they got wet. So 
naturally there was issues with driving sometimes and other situations of people, you know, just pretty much waiting outside people's houses until they got, came outside. But it was fun once you weeded out through that first round or two because yeah. there was always an issue with say in a first round matchup it felt like it was just you had to get through the rough parts of it and uh it was fun but it, it was stressful as well yeah ours was the same uh it was you know it was with the dart guns and there were you know you couldn't shoot somebody in class um you you couldn't do it in the in the the dorm itself mm-hmm. you had to uh, you know you had to wait till they were out and about but I was one year I was down to the finals. I was like maybe the final four or final six. And I knew this this guy was slippery. And so I knew he had a class in the engineering building. And I laid in wait in the bushes on the trail between the engineering building and where we lived. And I waited. And that was when I finally got him. I popped up like Rambo and just poof. poof double-barreled him with my little soft orange darts. But as much fun as I had doing that, I get the cops are a little nervous about people doing it now. In the culture that we're living in now, something that should be as simple as water gun fights or, you know, a dart gun has taken on uh, problematic behavior. So according to police, um, they're saying that because they've had reports of teenagers uh, dressed in dark clothing, lurking around uh, presidential, residential areas. I don't want anybody playing. I don't want you playing senior assassination anywhere around uh, presidential areas. So the behavior could be perceived, reported, or confronted as suspicious behavior by unknowing persons, and outcomes could have serious consequences, which if you read between the lines, to me that means, hey, we might shoot you by mistake if we see you swing around with even, you know, in the dark, my plastic sawed-off shotgun, you know, probably probably looked like a real gun. Uh, according to the police, mimicking behaviors associated with criminal confrontational or violent behavior with a weapon could be perceived to be life-threatening and result in unwanted and or a catastrophic outcome. Uh, I wish I could say that we were overreacting and that this, we, you know, we should let kids play these, play games and have fun and do what they want. But we all know that that can't happen with something like this. Now I told you the the squirt gun that I was enamored with and still am um, looks like a you would never mistake it for a real gun unless it's dark and you're playing the game and you're trying to sneak up on your opponent somewhere and somebody calls the police and you don't know they're coming and when they come you you turn too quick, you don't listen, you don't, you know, something horrible could happen. And as much fun as I had playing it, and it sounds like Tommy, you had a good time playing it. There I was, would not like, yeah. I would not want my kid to participate in it now. You know, when it comes down to I mean, reckless driving to win fifty dollars or something, it, it's just not worth it. No, definitely not. No, I but 
the the I think once you put any sort even a play weapon into into the mix, it becomes troublesome. Uh, from the 414 head, we had something called manhunt in college, and everyone who signed up got a piece of paper with your target on it, and if you killed the target, the target would give you their target. The last man standing would be the winner. And from the 414, different 414, oh no, same one. We didn't have any weapons, we just had to inform them that they were our target. Oh, so you just walk up, you're dead, I got you. Well, that's, not, that's fun. Not as fun as a, you know... A dart gun hiding in the bushes. And then people like people walking by seeing you going, what is this lunatic doing laying in the grass? I'm waiting, just biding my time. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's the newest thing we have to worry about, kids with squirt guns, because we can't just have fun. I still have a, I still have a couple super soakers in the garage. Not the giant ones, but uh, ones that are pretty good. Every once in a while in the summer, I'll pull them out. We're working out in the yard or something. I'll squirt my wife. She does not enjoy it when I am uh, acting like a child. And I could not be happier. The New York Police Department is asking you to put something in your car. Maybe it's a good idea for here. Why aren't the car companies doing it? What am I talking about? I'll tell you after this on WTMJ Nights. Maybe I'm stupid and you're messing with me just for a laugh. Could be. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. We've been hearing about the uh, the Kia boys and uh, Hyundais getting stolen all over. Cars getting stolen, people getting carjacked. The NYPD has a solution. They're asking people to do something. Maybe it would work here. Uh, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. They're asking people to keep Apple AirTags in their vehicles. They're saying, you know, this could help curb some of the car thefts or at least help people to get their cars back Uh, according to the uh, chief of the department the 21st century calls for 21st century policing air tags in your car will help us recover your vehicle if stolen we'll use our drones our star chase technology and good old-fashioned police work to safely recover your stolen car help us help you get an air tag cities could pardon me going to give away 500 air tags at no charge, according to uh, New York City Mayor. I This is a great idea. I had never thought of this. Now, I had never... Th- this is how out of touch sometimes I am. I didn't know what an air tag was. And last October, we were flying to Ireland, and I was reading a lot of people commenting on their bags getting lost, and they couldn't find it. They had no luggage. They didn't have clothes on their trip. I was like, oh, boy. And then I read something that said, oh, I put an air tag in my suitcase. And I said to my wife, hey, this sounds like a good idea. So we went out and we got some air tags and I hid them in my suitcase. And I don't know why I felt safer, but I checked every once in a while, even though I knew, like, even if I saw my suitcase, I would still pull up the air tag, just go, wow, it works. Okay, there's my suitcase. So it makes sense to put it on a car. Now, I I don't drive a uh, super fancy car. I'm sure there are some that come with some sort of equivalent to an AirTag. But down the road, isn't this something that car manufacturers should just put in standard? Some sort of AirTag equivalent? So if your car is 
stolen, you just pull it up on an app and tell the police, hey, my car is at uh, this corner. You know, get over there before hobos have a party in it. Do you ever see the other guys, Tommy? I, I have, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Oh, pack of tuna versus lion yeah. pride. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you know, the hobo is having a party in your car after it gets stolen. I, so do you have air tags on anything? Do you, do you go with that technology? I do not. I do not have it. I have find my iPhone on my iPhone, I guess. So if I wanted yeah. someone to look for that, I could. But I do not have any air tags on any items. How does it? work do i sync it bluetooth through my phone yes, or you something sync it bluetooth uh you sync it bluetooth and then it'll find it wherever it is yeah it'll just you know hey your suitcase is in botswana really because i'm in munich this is not good but at least you know where it is it's in my iphone or my apple whatever it is uh yeah you have to once you buy the air tag it taught you it talks you through it okay okay how to sync it up so mine are sitting in a drawer now. I should uh, get it out. But you have to, I would guess you have to hide it. You would have to hide it in the car pretty good. So these yahoos who are going to steal your car, they wouldn't be, you know, it's not hanging from your rearview mirror. Yeah, just put it don't, under don't your seat that. or something. Yeah, put it somewhere sneaky. That'd be great. And then, but then I immediately think, well, I don't want people tracking me. They're tracking. If they want to track you, they're tracking you already. And what am I doing that I don't want people tracking my car? Nothing. I have no reason not to have my car do, tracked do you if think it's stolen. That it's a little conspiracy theory thinking that manufacturers wouldn't want to put that in a car. I yeah. I what, what, well, see, the it's, it's conspiracy thinking that I new, wouldn't want it in my car. No, no, no. I mean, I don't have a problem with putting it in my car. I'm saying the manufacturers, if someone steals your car, I mean, your insurance will pay for a new car, so they're going to get more money. Just to get two cars out of you. Well, oh, wow. You think big vehicle is uh, I behind mean, the auto thefts? I'm not saying they're stealing the cars. I'm saying it would sure. benefit them more but to they not put tracking Somehow in. they would benefit from more stolen cars. Right. That's only if you don't get your car back. Okay. If you get it back after a stinky hobo party, uh, you know... You're going to keep that car. Right. I wouldn't. I would immediately get rid of that car. If my car had, had ever been stolen and returned to me, I would sell that car immediately. I wouldn't <laughs> want Bad it. vibes. Bad vibes. Yeah. I don't need that bad mojo following. Don't put that mojo on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm not driving that car anymore. <laughs> not sure what to Out do with my mind. hands with this car. <laughs> oh, Speaking of that, I saw a story about a guy uh, who found a bobcat in his car. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, from the 262 AirTags uh, work. AirTag works be standard in cars, just like AM. Oh, AirTags would be standard in cars, just like AM radios. I wouldn't mind it if there was some sort of, you know, GPS lo location system that, and, and it not that it's active all the time. It's an app. And the minute it's like, because I, when I first got my car, I have a Hyundai. When I first got my car, uh, it came with this Hyundai thing where I could remote start it and uh, see where it is and do all this stuff. And then once that ran out, I didn't pay for it. I was like, uh, walk out and stop my car by myself. I don't care. But if it's on the app where you can activate it after your car is stolen, I think that would be fantastic. Now, of course, the manufacturers, one, Tommy's onto a conspiracy. Uh, Tommy thinks that the aliens are stealing the cars for big tech. Uh, I don't know. That seems odd, but... Um, that would be that would work out. 
All right, we got, listen, we have a lot to think about. 855-616-1620. Share your thoughts, conspiracy theories or otherwise, on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Old National Bank, get old news after this. WTMJ Nights. Hey, we're back, but only for me to tell you that after the news, we will open the drive through window. And who knows what else we will get to because we're out of here at 8. Bucks Weekly with Justin Car- Garcia comes your way after the news at 8 right now. Speaking of the news, let's in- head into the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Wyatt Barmore Pooley, ready to go. Peanut butter, puppy chow, blizzard. I got to ask, did you use the sauce? Uh, so I'm not a sauce person. Oh my gosh. Oh. I just didn't get it. It just seemed very run of the mill. I haven't had one of these. Have you guys tried the new blackened chicken sandwich at Popeyes? KFC in the news because they are adding chicken nuggets. 21 pounds of Qdoba burrito he ate in 10 minutes. I will call it nothing but Dunkin'. We eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Nights. Drive through window with Brian Nunes. Beep, beep. Can I take your order? Yes, you always can take our order. It's dinner time anyway. It's the uh, drive through window here on WTMJ Nights. Tommy manning the speaker. I'm driving recklessly. You jumping in with your recommendations at 855 616 1620. Did you try anything new over the weekend, Tommy? Have any no, run-ins with fast food? I, I don't think so. I took the weekend off, I would say. I, I've been, although, to be fair, Cut A just got a Dunkin', and I get coffee there multiple times a week now because I, I do love Dunkin' coffee. Their coffee is good. Their it, coffee is good. I it, haven't had a, it's a donut from there in a long no, time. No, I, yeah, I don't get the donuts anytime I go there anymore. Uh, but it's it's unfortunate because... Honestly, McDonald's, the best price you can get for a coffee. It's pretty mm-hmm. unbeatable, and it's also pretty good, but I've been trying to go to Dunkin' a little more. What's a Dunkin' coffee cost? Like 3 bucks compared to the $1.50 for McDonald's. Okay. but it, it, See, but if it's a good cup of coffee, 3 bucks is... Three bucks is still, you know, significant, but it's not, you know, it's not seven or eight. That's bucks. for the large too. I get the large, so okay, three, three twenty nine, three nineteen. I think it's something like All that. Right. It's that, you know, I like it. if it's good and you like it, it's worth it, right? You know, and I, I like need a coffee. Quick trip coffee. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm more of a Speedway fan on the gas station side. Oh wow, okay. All right, yeah, I haven't had. Uh, I I like Dunkin's coffee. I haven't had their donuts in a while. I stayed away from a lot of uh, a lot of fast food this week, but I did say, as I mentioned, I did drive through White Castle the other day because I was out running a bunch of errands, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. What do I want? Uh, uh, hey, there's a White Castle. Why don't I grab a couple sliders and a uh, and a drink? That would be perfect. And they did not disappoint. There's, you know what? I can't. I don't eat them all the time. But every time I'm do every time I do I'm happy I did. When it comes to White Castle, I don't know if I've ever been. You've never been to White Castle? I don't know if there's any close to me. I I usually go to the one in Kenosha. Okay, I mean I used to live in Summers, so I, yeah. I probably should have made it there once or twice. But it's right there by the Woodmans. Okay, yeah, no, I've never I've never seen it. Oh, it's right there on the you know, right there on the road, big highway. Can't miss it. Thirty one, delicious. 
Fantastic. Never had one. Do you know what they are? Yeah, the, they're like square sliders. Yeah, they're square burgers. They're steamed over onions. Um, so the bun is kind of... If, if you get the good ones that are fresh, the bun is kind of gooey because of the onions and the steam. And they come with a pickle on them. Here's a life hack. Order the mustard because it's a brown, spicy, like a Dusseldorf mustard. And, man, that kicks it up exponentially. Yeah, I, I like a good spicy mustard. That's the way to go. Uh, how do you feel about Subway? Um, It's all right. Yeah, well, they're changing their classic sandwiches. I, I used to go to Subway a lot. Uh, not because I was trying to be like Jared Fogle, but because I was very strict on my diet for a, a long time. And so I could get their grilled chicken breast sandwich, and it was almost nothing, you know, points wise for my for my thing. Anyway, they're changing things up because I don't know. They had they had the big uh, controversy a while ago in uh, Ireland where they were sued because they said the bread was mostly sugar, so it was technically cake. And uh, then there was the tuna kerfuffle yep, here in the, the U.S. Yep. Was it was it tuna? Wasn't it tuna? We don't know. Might be tuna. Could be haddock. I don't know. So they are, uh, they've been undergoing, experiencing strong sales lately, and that's because they've been trying to turn some things around. They started a new, um, a new program called the Subway Series Menu. That came out in July. Yep. And it represented Subway's biggest menu change in nearly 60 years. They have 12 signature sandwiches from four categories, cheesesteaks, Italianos, chicken, and clubs. Um, so they've done this big ad campaign with this. Uh, some of the new sandwiches that they have are a pickleball club, which does have pickles on it. It's uh, a toasted sub piled high with thin sliced black forest ham, crisp bacon, and American cheese on artisan Italian bread. Then they have a brand new honey mustard sauce featured only on that sandwich and a teriyaki blitz, which is tender steak and marinated Marinated in sweet onion teriyaki sauce topped with American cheese, green peppers, and red onions. Toasted on a hearty multigrain bun. This is the biggest change coming to Subway. And I think it will make a difference because uh, I've I've experienced a few times Jersey Mike's. Have you ever had a Jersey Mike's? Uh, very few, but yes. They slice the meat fresh for the Jersey Mike's. Subway does not. Subway was serving up those pre-sliced cold cuts. Well, Subway is now going to start slicing their own meat. Oh. Yes. Because they say, despite the cost being higher up front for them to get the slicers and stuff in the stores, in the long run, the pre-sliced meats are more expensive. Plus, people like to see the fresh meat on their sandwich. So that's that's going to change. They're also putting double cheese on all their sandwiches now because who doesn't love cheese? So Subway trying to battle back in the sub wars. It's going to take a lot for me to go back once I've had. Now there's not too many Jersey Mikes. That's the hard part. You got to try. You got to find one. But I like a Jersey Mike sub over a Subway sub any day. Well, I mean, I, I will be the Wisconsin bias here too. I would take cousins before I take either of those places as well. And I'm also a pretty big fan of Jimmy John's when there's one also in the area. 
Subway used to be the best when five dollar footlong existed, but every yes. time I go there now, it's like twelve ninety nine for my sandwich. Yeah, I I'm with you. It's the 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 prices don't equal the quality of the sandwich. Right, Jimmy John's now there. Don't sleep on Jimmy John's. You're right. I uh, actually the other day I sh- I forgot about that. We did a team a first grade team lunch and we ordered from Jimmy John's. First time I used the app and uh, placed my order well in advance and scheduled the delivery time, and it was there. It was there on time. The sandwich was good. I just hadn't been uh, I hadn't been going out for subs. I guess I, I like yeah, I like subs. Very, I would say that's probably near the top of the fast food I consume is at sub places. Uh, okay, subs are there's they're nothing better. Oh, two six two saying don't forget Firehouse. And Suburbia. I have never had a Firehouse sub. I've never had Firehouse either. I have had Suburbia, and, I mean, it's it's nothing to go after, I think, personally. Okay. To me, you got to have – the bread is a big selling point for any sub. And that's why Cousins is the best. All right. got to get to a Cousins then. I have, to, uh, I have to try it out. I've been going – like, I – if I, the only thing – when I think of a sub, sometimes I go to, like, a deli and – Get them made there, but then I see a Jersey 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 Mike's with their cheesesteaks are top of the line too. So if you like subs, that big news from Subway, especially the smoked meat or smoked meat, sliced meat, fresh sliced meat coming to Subways, that is a big deal. And if you like cheese, they're going to put a lot of cheese on it. Also, they're going to do away with putting cucumbers on everything. You can still put cucumbers on. You'll still be able to customize your sandwiches, but they're saying you know. Unless a uh, cucumber is really fresh, you don't get that snap. You don't get the crunch. You're just getting something that's ugh, awful. All right. Uh, McDonald's is bringing back a long-awaited menu item. I don't know if you've ever had one of these, an Oreo frappe. Oh, no. No, nor have I. Um, it was here for a very short time in 2015. It was on the McCafe menu. Slated as a limited-time offering, Uh, it was gone quickly, and now it's almost 10 years later, it's coming back. It's going to debut this month. Uh, It's undergone some upgrades. The iced mocha beverage will now be served with an entire Oreo cookie in it and a blue spoon for easy scooping. It will join the caramel and mocha frappes that are currently on the McCafe menu. Do you drink flavored coffee? I drink. I don't drink like uh, frappes or those kind of things. But yes, I do drink a flavored a flavored bean. Yes, like a hazelnut or something. What? Well, the one I'm enjoying now is, and I buy. All right, I know this sounds. Uh, I know this sounds like I'm a hoity. You know, just a snob. we know you are. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. I'm not a man of the people. I get community coffee, which is made in Louisiana. And I started drinking it in New Orleans, and it's great. So right now, I am drinking a white chocolate macadamia coffee. It's like a Keurig one you can just dump in or whatever? No, it's it's ground beans. You know, I put, them, put the scoops in my Mr. Coffee every night before I go to bed, and nice. it's ready for me when I wake up in the morning. Okay. And it has a it's a wonderful taste. And they also make a pecan praline that is, uh, I like the taste of pecans. Yeah, I could get behind really that, too. Whenever I go to Quick Trip, I get the hazelnut, and then uh, I get Seattle's Best that I put in, like, a Keurig. So it's just mm. to dump in. 
It's it's what I go for too. Yeah, it's listen. We all have our, we all have our thing. We all have our coffee. We're but very, do you put uh, cream or sugar in it? I just go black. I wouldn't. I would never get an Oreo frappe. Yeah, I I do put a little uh, cream and sugar in there. Not where it's it's not. It's still really dark. I don't put a lot of cream, but I do put a little. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, to me, an Oreo frappe is a uh, is a dessert. It's I like agree. if somebody goes to uh, Starbucks and gets a mochaccino or one of those things. Well, once you start putting whole Oreos in there, it's mm-hmm. like one degree removed from a concrete mixer here. Yeah. We go, oh, I'm having a coffee. No, you're not. You're having a Sunday. Right. Stop it. Stop with your craziness. You're not having a you're not having a coffee. Uh and I know people will say, well, if you put cream and sugar in it, you're not having coffee either. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I am. So that's coming back. If that's your thing, uh, I have one more that's Kind of connected to drive-through window, but it's going to open up a little conversation. I think. How sweet do you like your cereal? If you still eat cereal in the morning, or is that something that uh, you gave up when you were when you gave up being a child? We'll talk a little cereal as we close up the drive-through window on WTMJ Nights. I'm so glad to know you, Brian Noonan. Here for a few more minutes, then we make way for the news. And Justin Garcia, he has books weekly after 8 o'clock. I saw this today, and at first I went, this probably won't be good. And then I thought about it another second and went, I may have to get a box of this cereal just to try it. And I know it will be a mistake, but I don't care. General Mills has said that they are coming out with Kit Kat cereal. You heard me correctly. Just what you need to give your children before they head out to school, a big bowl of candy, which is, I guess, what a lot of cereal is anyway. Kit Kat cereal beginning this month, $5.69 for a standard size box. Cereal is expensive. Uh, the cereal, whose squares resemble the classic wafer-covered chocolate bar from Hershey's, launched in Europe in March. The cereal has a creamy coating with a distinct crunch. The box also shares the look of the candy's distinct red wrapper. General Mills is coming out with all kinds of wild, uh, fun, sugary cereals this spring. Cinnamon Toast Crunch Trace Leches will be available at Walmart and other retailers. Uh, a new flavor of Cheerios, Vanilla Spice, that sells for $6.88 for a box. Uh, limited edition Spider-Verse cereal with red Sprite, Spider-Berry Puffs with blue and white marshmallows is going to be there. And not to be outdone... They're also launching miniature Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs, adding to the miniature tricks. Uh, now Kellogg's is saying, hey, hold on. We're bringing out Insta Bowls, which are little tubs of cereal that contain powdered milk. So you can either eat them dry or you can put some cold water in there, and then all of a sudden you got uh, milk in your cereal. So cereal sales have surged over $9 billion. That's a lot of cereal. Uh, that was in 2020. By 2021, sales went back down a little bit to 8.4 billion, but that's still a lot. It is, but cereal is expensive. Are you a cereal guy, Tommy? I would say yes. I, I eat cereal. I don't eat it every day. I, I don't eat breakfast a whole lot, to be honest, okay. either. But I would say if I eat breakfast, it's fair. Cereal is probably the most common thing I eat. Now, when you were a kid. Because our tastes evolve and our shopping evolves. When you were a kid, did you have a favorite? Did you eat cereal back then? Did you have a favorite sugary cereal? 
The Cinnamon Toast Crunch is a great one. Uh, Reese's Puffs, another really good one. Big fan of both of those. I would say, though, I've been a Special K fan for a long time. So wow. I I like the one with strawberries. Honey Bunches of Oats, another good one with strawberries. So I would say those are like my top ones, all of those. If I'm going sugar cereals, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Reese's Puff. If I'm trying to be a little bit on like the healthier <laughs> side, Special K, Honey Bunch of Oats. Well, right now I eat Special K vanilla almond. That's okay. that's my cereal. Yeah, I like but cereal. But as a kid, forget now the Reese's one sounds good. I never had the Reese's one. That must have come out after I was a child. Um, but I was back when I was a kid. It was uh, Fruit Loops. Yep. Apple Jacks. Oh, Apple Jacks a good one too. I forgot about that. I, I yeah. would lie. Cocoa Apple Krispies. Jacks the top. Cocoa Krispies, and then Captain Crunch was my jam. That was Captain Crunch was the one. Okay. So those were my four. Uh, Taylor is with you. He says, still love Cinnamon Toast Crunch and the milk that it leaves. It's uh, like horchata. Or <laughs> See, I I used to, when I was a kid, I used milk in my cereal. Now I don't. Now I eat my cereal dry. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Well, Does your roof of your mouth just get torn up? I'm a little tougher than some people. If you Tommy, had Captain Crunch with no milk, you would not have no, a no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't eat Captain Crunch anymore. Oh, the Captain Crunch was all milk. Yes. Yeah. Come on, and it still, it still did irreparable damage to my right. uh, the roof of my mouth. It's like you just but no. Now I get across pavement. Yeah, it was, but but it and that milk was also very sweet when it was done. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't. Oh, King Vitamin. King Vitamin was a ripoff Captain Crunch. The four one four Texan about King Vitamin. I had King Vitamin at times. Must have been on sale, and my mom would get that if Captain Crunch wasn't on sale. And then when I was first living on my own after college, you know, even then cereal was high. So I'd try to buy the bagged cereal, you know, that kind of like it would. the The name of the cereal was just off. It'd be like Cocoa Crunchies or something. You're like, oh, all right, I know what you're trying to do, and but it was really cheap. So, I'll Quisp. Quisp from the uh, 414 number. Quisp is my jam, but it's too expensive. It's like $5 for a 7-ounce box. That's insane. I haven't had Quisp in a long time. Quake was another uh, Quake was another ripoff. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. But we'll be back tomorrow for a short show, 6 o'clock. Hope you'll be with us. Uh, thanks for listening and being part of tonight's show. Tommy, thanks, as always, for all your hard work. Uh, we will talk to you, like I said, tomorrow. Just, Justin Garcia comes your way after the 8 o'clock news, which comes your way right after this on WTMJ. is Bucks Weekly, your weekly checkup of your Milwaukee Bucks and all around the rest of the NBA. And now here's your host, Brian Noonan. Yeah, hater, it's basketball time. Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. I'm not Justin Garcia, and I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, hey, disregard everything I said right before the news about thanks for listening and being part of the show and all that. Don't disregard it. I'll just repeat it in an hour. Um, Tommy, we have to be diplomatic because we have much love for our man, Justin Garcia. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a friend of the show. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, you, you had a premonition that this might happen. Yeah, I was, I was texting him. I, he usually pops in maybe 7.30 or so. And right, and he likes to join us for yeah. the drive through window. It's he enjoys guest. talking food like we do. And I text him at 7.45. I said, are you here? Like, I didn't see you. Did you come <laughs> say hi even at least? Here? And no response. 
So then I decide, you know what? Let's call him at 7.59 and see if he's going to be here for his Well, you said to me, show. because, and I'm not, I'm not uh, spilling secrets, I'm doing the show from home tonight, and uh, you said, hey, uh, don't disconnect just yet. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was a little bit weary that this might happen, and then... Uh, Sure enough, he, yeah, we had a little miscommunication, and we got a third hour of nights. Yeah. that's uh, Listen, uh, people always say to me, because uh, people see how much I have ready for the show. I know, trust me, folks, I know it sometimes sounds like I have nothing prepared. But I do. I have all kinds of things that I want to talk about. Uh, and people, people go, why do you have so much? Like, our show tomorrow is only an hour. I'll probably have enough stuff to do a two or three hour show. And people say, why do you do that? And usually I joke that in case I have a head injury, uh, I could still, you know, there's stuff here I could just read. But the other thing is in case something happens, you know, I don't know if we'll get to any of the other stuff because we still got some serial talk to get to. We cut that short. But, um, you know, so Justin's okay, right? All good. Yes, it was All just... Good. Well, uh, that's first and foremost, we want to make sure... Because if... If we started breaking bad on him, and it turns out, you know, he had been stabbed in the eye by a bird, Mm -mm. that would not be good. No, I think the Bucks' loss has just gotten to him a little bit. I don't know if he's left his house since. I well, can you blame him? Yeah, yeah, it was. How about all those? How about all those hot take sports guys who were? Remember the other night they had said, "Oh, wait till Game Six, and you and I. What do you and I both say? Right? Yeah, I said you got to get to Game Five first. Yeah, there was. uh, I was telling you, I was not feeling good. Vibes were not good. And the last two games, I mean, realistically, they should have been playing to win game six. I mean, that their next game, and they uh, they lost game, f- game five. You know, I mean, right. they had game four and game five wrapped up, and it was unfortunate. It was, it was a rough way to end things, and a much earlier ending than I think anybody anticipated. You don't usually see the, uh, the number one seed getting bumped out in the first round, but, uh, well, I... I hope that sooner or later Justin can come out of uh, his darkened room. He can rejoin society. Um, maybe we can lure him out with some sort of treat. I can say very confidently there will be a farewell Bucks Weekly. There, this, there's no more. There's not no more Bucks content coming from WTMJ. Right. I mean, we could start talking basketball. It wouldn't be nearly the same or have any of the expertise. No, no insight but, either. Nothing. No, there's just things dribbling, and uh, how come they don't wear them shorty shorts anymore? Uh, that would basically be it. And how come they don't call traveling? That was that was a big one in my day. What's going on? Oh, somebody asking if we heard back from the guy, but yes, you'll have to go go to the podcast page on wtmj.com, and you can hear the review of the new Big Mac. Oh yeah, it's out. Yeah, it's it's been out. Tommy posts those. Tommy posts the podcast really fast. I hope you didn't post the podcast for tonight's show thinking that we were done. No, I, and then, in fact, like I said, I, I just had an inkling. So I do save them individually each hour. So I start a new recording okay. every hour. I could do it all in one, but I like right. to copy and paste at the end just in case something gets messed up along the way. And oh, well, and that's a, there's a good chance of that. You, well, I mean, you see who's producing the show. I mean, come on. So... I, I get it, but yeah, the Bruce correspondent. I believe the episode is called. I think Bruce's name is in the title, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it's um, it's about what a week or two old now, 
And it's yeah. probably only three or four uh, episodes down because we don't do the show every night. No, I'm looking back. Yeah. Uh, one of the, yeah, one of the, I can't. Well, the correspondent way. one is the one where Bruce just called in. Right. So, and then there's one after that. So there's one that says, like, drive through window correspondence. That's when Bruce called in. Yes. And then the episode after that, Bruce was very punctual, and we did a review. All right. Yeah, he did a great job. Did a great job. So that was uh, it was fun. So, yeah, you can go to that. Uh, boy, Kathy, very excited that we're here for the third hour. Kathy, I, I echo your sentiments. Any more time I get to hang out with. Now, have you broken the news to anybody, Tommy? I have not on the air, no. All right, is it a big secret? No, I guess we can we can do it now at this point. Well, no, we can wait till next week till it's you know. No, we I wait. mean we we can do it now. Now we brought it up, so I mean it's. Oh, we did bring it up. Yes, so it's no yeah, no use. Share waiting. your news. Tommy has big news. Yes, yeah, so um, Wednesday or sorry tomorrow will be my penultimate uh, WTMJ night show. I will be. Leaving for the summer, and next Wednesday will be my last show with Brian Noonan uh, for the foreseeable future, at least. Yeah, and listen, it's not my fault. Before you start sending in angry letters, I didn't force Tommy to go. I've also given Brian a lot of notice. He did. He let no. He let me know. But tell it. It's for a really good reason. It's very cool. I was very excited when I heard the news. Yes, I will be the play-by-play broadcaster for a. Collegiate summer baseball team um, in Minnesota for the Northwoods League in Wilmer, Minnesota. I'll be there the whole summer. I'm pretty confident, and or at least you know, hopeful that it's a see you later as opposed to a goodbye. Uh, but I will not be here this summer for WTMJ. But let me ask you this: first of all, congratulations. That sounds like an amazing opportunity and a lot of fun. Have you have you spent a lot of time in Minnesota? I had a buddy that lived in Rochester for a little bit, and I've been to the Twin Cities a couple of times. Never stayed any extended period of time in Minnesota. Okay, uh, but excited to get out there, get started. It'll be my third summer ball team I've worked for. I've done work nice. with the Kingfish in Kenosha. I'm sure people are familiar with. I've done work in. California for the California College Summer Ball Leagues and excited to get another opportunity to work with the Northwoods League this summer. And is this is is this where does this fall? This is just college players that are in this or is this like a minor league system? I don't know anything about this. Nope. So it is college summer ball, which basically talent from all across the country, from all different levels of college baseball, gets sent to a program in the summer most of the time to stay loose and kind of keep the fundamentals with them. And a lot of big leagues have formed to gather a lot of talent from all these different levels. I've seen first-round draft picks. I've seen guys from D3 schools get D1 scholarships. Uh, it's, It's actually... A very fun experience because you get to see some of the talent before it really takes off and gets to the next level. And then when you see it at the next level, it's even cooler from there. So uh, I don't know if you're familiar with some of the teams around here, but the Madison Mallards and the Lacrosse Loggers are also part of this Northwoods League that I'm going to. They've had a lot of famous alumni, such as... Pete Alonzo on the Mets. Chris Sale is a pitcher on the Red Sox. He was in the cross. Max Scherzer, Cy Young pitcher. 
He's been in lacrosse as well. So wow. it definitely gets a lot of talent, and I meet a lot of cool people. And actually, was a I just had a project I was working on for the team that I'm going to work for and met with the manager who was a coach at a school, Cal, uh, Cal State Northridge, not a very popular school, but I knew someone who went there, so I already had a one-degree removal from him, and I was able to relate over that. So it's really cool to just get to know a lot of people all over the place, too, and it's great networking and demo reel experience. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, congratulations. What's the name of the lacrosse team? The Loggers. The Loggers. I love those kind of I like the minor leagues and things like just for their logos yeah and I just pulled up the lacrosse loggers logo and that is excellent yeah they do a lot of cool stuff all around it's honestly I don't know how many times you've gone up to Kenosha for a game it's a really fun time if you're just a fan of baseball and looking for something to do for cheaper with the family they used to have these tickets called the fishbowl tickets that were all you can drink tickets for 30 bucks Really? Yeah, it was like not expensive at all. <laughs> they they were they were right on the side, so you were on the third base side, but you were in a gravel area, so you were standing, and there were picnic tables, so you had like a little area to stand in and move around rather than sit in a seat. Plus, you yeah. could go refill your beer whenever you wanted to. That looks like they have a great logo too, and their mascot is hilarious. Yeah, I've I've they actually also have a big giant zip line that they send them down in. It is terrifying to do, but it is oh, also yeah. I see. Yes. I see this picture. He's on. He's coming down on yes. a zip line. I, I have been in that costume on a zip line before. Have you really? I have. Yes. You got to be the kingfish. I, I have. Yeah. It's it's very much different uh, in the Northwoods League than say the California League I was in, because the interns really. I mean, they stir the drink. Those are those are very hardworking individuals. Always that they nice. work quite a lot over the summer. I mean, it's it, it's sixty hour weeks all day when you're wow. doing stuff like that. But it's super fun, super rewarding, and I'm excited to get to it again. That's very cool. Now, uh, I would hope that in your travels in Minnesota, if you come across some sort of fast food news or a taste sensation that's sweeping the nation from the uh, land of 10,000 lakes, that you will be a correspondent and still keep in touch with us. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, I definitely think I'll be keeping my keeping my voice heard on these airwaves every once in yes. a while. When I know well, what you time know, you're You know on, the you door know. is always yeah. open. We'd love, we'd love to have an update from up north. Oh, yeah. It's, it's dead west of Minneapolis, so not quite all the way up there, but it's up there. That's pretty up there. Now you know about Minnesota nice, don't you? Is it different than Milwaukee nice? Well, I don't know. It's where everybody's trying to. They want you to think that they're being nice to you, but they're really not. Mm. They're kind of backstabby. Okay, so it's cut of face nice, is what you're saying. Yeah, cut of hate. Nice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they'll right. be real nice to your face, but then they'll you know jab you in the back. Just be careful of that. All right, all right, yeah. Because you're a trusting soul. That's we worry about you, Tommy. I'm we don't want you to go honest. up there and yeah. get. Yeah, I don't want anything. I don't want anything bad to happen while you're up there with the, uh, you know, what's the name of this team? It's the again? Wilmer Stingers. W I L L M A R, and then Stingers. Okay. It's like a traditional spelling for Stinger. Stinger traditional spelling, yes. And <laughs> you can actually watch the games for free on the website, so it's pretty high production value. And if you wanted to hear my voice, still you could. We all we definitely, you know, I do. You know, I need to be. If you I need get that voice to lull me to sleep. Yes. Uh, Mike says, "Damn it, Tommy! Good luck, brother." Um, 
Let's see. Uh, oh, more people enjoying the show. That's very nice. The Lakeshore Chinooks at Capco Field in Mequon. Yep, that's another one. I've worked with them two. as well. They came down when I was working with Kenosha in uh, during the COVID season. It was the Chinooks and the Mallards combining to form a team called the Bobbers at the time, which K-Town Bobbers, amazing merchandise. I, I loved that. So you should look that okay. one up, too. They had great logos, great stuff. Yeah, I, I, right, I have it. to ask you a favor. When you get up there, I'm looking at uh, the Northwoods Leagues and the Wilmer Stingers. Now, their logo is obviously a B and stuff, but they have, it looks like a mascot called Barry. Okay. And it is a a giant bear in an ill-fitting Stingers jersey. Mm-hmm. I love. I have an old Asheville Tourists hat with where they had a. I love bears. They had a bear in a Hawaiian shirt with a suitcase, like he was going on vacation. Okay. When you get there, let me know if they have merchandise with this bear on it, and I will. I will uh, have to order some. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can do that. You're like the, that like the Tommy Hilfiger bear and stuff like that, too. Yeah, all sort. Oh, with, oh, Barry is the actual... Oh, maybe you'll get to wear the Barry suit. I hope not. <laughs> I, oh, he's giant. There's two of them. Yeah. One is, uh, one is yellow and one is like teal. And the yellow one has a teal face and vice versa. I wouldn't so doubt there's a couple they, berries. I wouldn't doubt they asked me once or twice this summer because, like I said, it's usually an all-hands-on-deck kind of experience right. and... If someone can't do it, you know me. I always volunteer like a dummy, but I, I do. No, you got to do it. So what's the? So you'll be doing play by play. You'll be doing whatever they need you to do. That's excellent. Congratulations. We will definitely miss you. Um, but uh, bigger and better things. And I liked your see you later rather than goodbye. So that is that. That's very. Are there no not getting taken off payroll and no exit that's interview. Nice. So hopefully you'll still have your email address. Right. That's what for I'm for all your fans. I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Stop it. Uh, Western Minnesota. The sun goes down at 11 p.m. According to Gary. Oh, nice. So you'll be up. You'll be up all night. Yeah, I'd be closer to like South Dakota than Minneapolis. Actually, I think. So uh, maybe not quite, two- but. The two six two, hoping this leads to a professional job like Bob Euchre for you. Oh, that would be pretty ridiculous, but sure, yeah, I'm for that. Yeah, I, I would. I, that nothing to scoff at. Yeah, that I mean, would, I would, would take be, it. That would be a career to emulate, if nothing else. If anything. All right, listen, we've been jabbering uh, right now. Justin is listening wherever he is in his fetal position, going, "I should have really uh, shown up." Because these guys are just talking about crazy mascots and Tommy in a bear suit, which could be taken a lot of different ways. But we'll take it this way on WTMJ Nights. All right, we have a couple texts coming in regarding Tommy's big news that he is taking the summer to go north to work for the Wilmar Stingers in the Northwoods Baseball League, doing all kinds of things from play-by-play to wearing the Barry the Bear suit, which that's that's we're hoping. Claimed by you. Larry, uh, Larry said, I just tuned in. It sounds like Tommy's leaving. Too bad you will be missed. I echo that settlement sentiment 100%. And then from the 708, really going to miss Tommy. Tommy, I hope you have a great summer. So that's from the 7. People are going to miss you, man. Yeah, I'm going to miss it, man. I, I love working on this show. You know me. I'm always... Oh, no, I know. Always but engaged. This is, listen, this is the kind of thing, this is the kind of thing you don't pass up. This is, you know... This is laying the groundwork for your future. So you got to go and, uh, you know, 
We'll hear from you during the summer. You'll oh, yeah, be, for sure. You'll be here during the summer. Yep. It was definitely a very um, out-of-nowhere thing, too. I probably knew for like a month before I told you because I didn't tell this place until then either because right. I didn't want them to be like, all right, well, we'll get rid of you right now so we can have time <laughs> to fill in for someone. Yeah, uh, t- tell your story walking, pal. Yeah, Good luck. So, but I, I must have applied for 50 different teams after college, and – only two got back to me, so I got I got one of them. Cool. That's that's hard because it's a. I'm guessing like no matter what level you're at, when you're trying to break into sports and working with a team, it's incredibly difficult. It's competitive. It's I um I, I will say that I only had one year of experience before, and I you know I got plenty of no's and a couple of interviews, but. Really, I I know once you get to that second year, it definitely helps out. More tape, more stuff to present to people. I'm just super excited to to get to it. Nah, you should be. This is going to be a fantastic experience. Uh, So we got Tommy for a little while longer. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, oh my goodness, we've got a lot to cover in the final half hour of Bucks Weekly here on WTMJ Nights. Oh my goodness. Hey, you know, it's Bucks Weekly. I'm not Justin Garcia. And, and really, this is a Bucks Weekly. I can only imagine tomorrow people going, you know what, we listened to that Bucks Weekly show. Uh, those guys didn't talk basketball at all. There was some uh, weird baseball talk, and uh, then they mentioned cereal, and I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know what happened. They didn't talk about Giannis at all. No, we did talk about Justin Garcia. He'll be back. He'll be doing things. He's trying to recover uh, from the devastation of last week. And who can blame him? We were all a little shocked. But thankfully, we don't live in England. Now, I visited England. It's very nice. You know, they got a big coronation coming up this weekend, Tommy. That's what I was hearing. Yeah, you didn't didn't realize that King Charles is going to be uh, (laughs) crowned? Yes, it's a coronation where they crown the new king. And uh, he's also he's also trying to push it so that uh, his wife Camilla Parker Bowles uh, is uh, the former Camilla Parker Bowles is going to be get the title of Queen, which has some some of the more uh, stringent royal watchers a little upset. Wouldn't that make the so, most sense though? No, because. Uh, like Queen Elizabeth's husband was never king. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, usually that's not done. Uh, the king and the queen is just—I I, don't—I don't know the ins and outs. Friday night we will find out. We will have our royal watcher on, and we're going to talk all about the coronation and that kind of uh, razzmatazz. But anyway, this is this is the big news that came out today because you know, well, there's all kinds of drama around this coronation because you know. Uh, William and Kate, well, they live there. They're going to be there. But then, uh, what's his name? Harry and Meghan. Well, Harry's going, but Meghan's not. So it's going to be a it's going to be a whole big thing. But anyway, King Charles uh, decided uh, really bad that he wanted people to pledge their fealty to him, to announce while while the coronation was going on, he wanted them to scream at their TV. Uh, and bellow their true allegiance to him. Yes, uh, most of the residents of the United Kingdom are not very keen on having to pledge their 
loyalty to the king. Um, he was, this is what they wanted. This is what the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury and the future king wanted people to say while Charles was being crowned king. I swear that I will pay true allegiance to your majesty and to your heirs and successors according to law, so help me God. And uh, people in London are like, screw you, Chuck. We're not, uh, we're not doing that. So everybody, it's all upset. People are saying it's offensive. Uh, it's tone deaf. That means they would be swearing allegiance to his brother Andrew, who, you know, was all entwined with Jeffrey Epstein and, uh, you know, may or may not have done some things. He was kind of pushed aside from uh, the royal family for a while. And then Charles kicked Harry and Meghan out of the house that they were living in so that, uh, that he could get it, so that Andrew could get it. It's a whole big thing. But uh, they're saying, no, this is not good. There was an online poll, and I like how they refer, you know, here we refer to the morning news shows or the daytime talk shows like Good Morning America, things like that. Uh, they have Good Morning Britain that they call a British breakfast TV show. They found that 85% of respondents said they would not participate in this pledge to honor the future king. Uh, so the church has now had to do a double take, and they went, well, you know, hold on. We, we, we don't really. You don't have to say it. It's just optional. Uh, you know, it's, it's just wh whatever. The, uh, the Republican Party over there, which is anti-monarchy, is up in arms. Um, but the Archbishop of Canterbury has said this is very much an invitation rather than an expectation or request. So, you know, could you imagine if a president here was like, listen, uh, my inauguration's next week, and uh, right when I put my hand on the Bible, I want everybody in the U.S. to scream out that they pledge their honor to me and their loyalty to me and my heirs and my, uh, my ancestors and everybody else. No. No, 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 no. I guess you can only, I think, I think you could only do that if you're getting a crown. It's, uh, I don't understand. I, there's a part, of, there's a little part of me that is fascinated by the monarchy just because it seems like such an outdated institution. And when you're over there, there's some people who are really into it, uh, even in, you know, if you're in England. And there's, most people are just like, oh, that's a nice curiosity. I will say it's cool to go see some of the stuff until you, uh, until you realize that eh, the British Empire was, mm, kind of not the nicest group of human beings throughout history and I'm putting that mildly but to see some of the see some of the stuff like standing outside Buckingham Palace it's like going anywhere and visiting their their capitals it's or landmarks it's pretty cool to see and going out to Windsor Castle was nice uh, the queen was in residence when we were there she did not come out and say hello how rude um but, you know, you see the changing of the guards. All that stuff's cool. But I think the monarchy is, who knows. But we'll get uh, some updates from there on Friday night. Let's do this. We got a little business to take care of. And then, oh, Steve, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry dropped a bombshell today. What could it be? Talk about it after this. WTMJ Night.
WTMJ Knights, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. If you're looking for Bucks Weekly, I don't know what to tell you. Didn't happen tonight. Justin will explain everything when he is back. But he is okay. That is, we are happy to report that. He is okay. Mentally, maybe not. But physically, he is all right. So there you go. Uh, why are we playing Aerosmith? It's not just because Tommy and I like to rock after 8.30. That's that's our credo. After 8.30, we pump up the volume. No, today, Aerosmith announced it is heading into retirement with a farewell tour. Two words that I have come to believe in music mean absolutely nothing. How many bands have you heard say, oh, we're going on a farewell tour? I've been duped a number of times by the farewell tour. So, sorry, Aerosmith, if I don't believe you at first blush. Uh, They're going to go on a North American tour, 40 dates, featuring the Black Crows. This sounds like a show I might have to go see. Because Aerosmith is a band that I grew up listening to. Uh, they were really good. Then they were kind of, then they got okay again. Then they were, uh, then they were almost too omnipresent. And now, you know, but it's, it's a show that every time I hear Aerosmith music, I'm like, yeah, I, I like this music. So according to, uh, Aerosmith, they released a joint statement today. They said, it's not goodbye. It's peace out. That's kind of like what you're saying to us, right, Tommy? It's It's like a mirror image. Yeah. It's not goodbye. It's peace out. Uh, get ready and walk this way. You're going to get the best show of our lives. Well, you know, you're 172 years. There have been 50 years they've been a band. So, I don't know. Um, Joey Kramer, the drummer, is not going to be there. Now, they were very nice, and they said, while Joey Kramer remains a beloved founding member of Aerosmith, he has regrettably made the decision to sit out the currently scheduled touring dates to focus his full attention on his family and his health. Um Well, two years ago, Kramer sued the band for breach of contract. So I don't know how much love is lost between Joey Kramer and the rest of Aerosmith, but they're going out. Uh, They recently wrapped up. They had a Las Vegas residency. Aerosmith deuces are wild at the Dolby Live at Park MGM. Live Nation is doing it. They don't have a Milwaukee stop on here yet, but the closest they'll be is Chicago at the United Center, Toronto, uh, which is not close, Montreal, Los Angeles, Philly. They're going to end it in Boston, or there will be a special stop in Boston because that's our hometown. They're playing New Year's Eve. But uh, hopefully hopefully there will be a, uh, a Milwaukee stop, or else we'll have to, you'll have to drive down to uh, the United Center and do it. I, I don't believe any all these bands that say they're going away I got sucked into going to the uh, Elton John's first Goodbye Yellow Brick uh, Road or Farewell Yellow Brick Road, whatever he was calling it. Yeah, didn't you have a couple of those in between the last one, too? Yes. He went. Like three farewell tours. He had a ton of farewell tours. I only went to the first one because after that I was soured on it. Uh, and I will because I always enjoyed Elton John. I had never seen him live. My wife is a huge Elton John fan, so it was like we have to go. And I was like, all right, you know, that that's a concert I'd like to see. He's been around. I've listened to him forever. Uh, it was a wonderful show. It was really good. Now we were pretty far away, but we were like at the corner of the stage up, and it was happened to be right over where his piano was. 
So it was a nice, it was a great show. And then at the end of it, and I don't care if I spoil it now, because he may actually be done. It was like he went up this moving walkway that looked like a yellow brick road off into the sunset, and he kind of just disappeared. And I was like, wow, that is an excellent way to end your career. You're just going off into the sunset. Thank you, Elton John, for all your lovely music. And then a year later, Elton John coming back with more of it. <laughs> no, what are you doing? So I fell for that one. Then I also fell for Leonard Skinner's uh, farewell. Now I should have I should have known that Leonard Skinner was going to keep going because it was basically a Leonard Skinner cover band. At that point, I think there were only two, two or. three three original members left i think two and you know they were like this is it final tour we're never coming back we've got to we're honoring the band and that and i was like man i gotta go see leonard skinnard which is i know a sentence that many of you would not utter tommy have you ever heard of leonard skinnard i've heard of him yeah he's the principal right. on the simpsons Yep, that's exactly right. Skinner? No, he's Skinner. <laughs> yes, uh, I, um, I've i heard of them. I can't say I could name yeah. their music career. No, that, and that's they were huge. Like, Freebird is their anthem. Freebird and Sweet Home Alabama, yep, probably the yep. two songs that everybody knows by Leonard Skinner. And if you were not a Southern rock fan back in the 80, late 70s, early 80s, uh, you probably didn't listen to much Leonard Skinner. I didn't listen to much other than those two songs until I got to college, and then everybody on my uh, dorm floor was playing the Golden Platinum double album, so I got into a lot of Skinnerd. But anyway, I go, and I talk my wife into going to see Skinnerd for their farewell tour, and we have a good time, you know? It was it was fine. It wasn't... It's obviously not the original band. Um, it's uh, Johnny Van Zant is the singer. He's Ronnie Van Zant's brother, obviously, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Then the next summer, guess what? Guess who's coming to town? Yep, Leonard Skinner again on a different farewell tour. I saw Kiss's first farewell tour, I think, fifteen years ago. Now supposedly they're there. This is supposedly it for Kiss that they're they're all done. I don't buy it. But I'm gonna have to see what they want. What they want for some Aerosmith tickets, and I might have to go uh, check that out. Because is there anybody that you regret not seeing, that you always wanted to go see, and you waited and you waited, and then it was too late? Eight five five six one six one six twenty, the old National Bank talk and text line. Because that's kind of how I feel about this. I'm not a, a huge, huge Aerosmith fan, but I'm a fan enough to go. Yeah, I would like to see them once before they go. You know, I did see, I got to see ZZ Top, and I'm not exaggerating, three weeks later, that's when Billy Gibbons died. And it was like, ooh, or was that Dusty? Oh, Dusty, <laughs> Dusty died. I think Billy Gibbons is still alive. I hate to, I don't want to put Billy Gibbons in the, in the grave if he's not, uh, if he's not the one. But three weeks later, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it was Dusty Hill that died. Um, I was just like, uh, I got I, I, I'm glad I saw them because I always wanted, I always liked ZZ Top, and I got to see them, and then it was over, and I was like, oh man, uh, somebody else, two six two, also saw ZZ Top just before Dusty died. It was a great, great show. 
Wish I had gotten to see the original Eagles. I saw the Eagles. Tommy, plug your ears. I don't. I don't even want you to know how old I am. I saw the Eagles in '77, and it was. It was. I think most of the. Well, not you know, not the original original ones because they got rid of. Uh, they got rid of some people, but I saw them then, and then I saw the Eagles again. Um, right after Glenn Fry had died, and they brought in Vince Gill, and I was a little skeptical, but Vince Gill is great, and the Eagles were really good. That was, thankfully, my wife bought those tickets and didn't tell me what she paid for them um, till after, because I was like, no, thank you. Um, and I know for some, like now, it would seem I think it was like two fifty for a ticket. Which is a lot, and I would if I had seen if I had seen the ticket price, I wouldn't have bought them. <laughs> but is there anybody, Tommy, that you're you're you want to see and you're afraid you're not going to get to see them because they are aged? Ooh, um, the well, the one that I won't be able to see that would have been one that I would have liked to have seen would have been one of your Chicago's own Juice World. Uh, that was a big one in high school. We were big fans of him. Unfortunately, now dead, but I won't be able to get to that. Uh, as far as like should see before, uh, I don't know. I, I, you have to come back to me after the break. Yeah, no, take your time. We're going to take a break. Linkin Park from the 414. Linkin Park was next on my list of bands to see live. Then Chester, the lead singer, died. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. All right, we do have to do a little business because, you know, we're a business here at WTMJ Nights. <laughs> We're talking about farewell concerts and artists that you wish you had seen before you left. If you were looking for Bucks Talk, well, you'll have to come back. We're doing a little music talk now uh, because Bucks Weekly abruptly not happening tonight, but it will be back. Have no fear. Uh, from the 262, wish they had seen Rush, Neil Peart. Uh, God rest his soul and his massive drum set. Yeah, I never saw Rush. Adam Rush, big or Adam Rush, Adam Roberts, Adam. big Rush fan. The producer right? of uh, Wisconsin's Afternoon News, huge yeah. Rush fan. He's got it as his background on his phone and whatnot. Whoa. He he's all in on them. Rush was one of those bands that uh, I knew guys who were really into them. It sounds like like Adam is into them. They were always I, they were always a little too. I don't know, ethereal and progressive kind of for me. But then when 2112 came out, Tom Sawyer and that kind of stuff, I, I liked it, and I went back and listened to some other stuff. So I did I did enjoy that, and I did enjoy watching Neil Peart play. It was crazy. Uh, from the 262, I saw the Eagles open up for Yes in 1972 at the Milwaukee Arena along with Gentle Giant. I don't know. Uh, I've never heard of Gentle Giant. Maybe they were a local a local band. From the 708, Judy says, Wish I saw Stevie Ray Vaughan. I got to see Stevie Ray Vaughan on the beach at South Padre Island, Texas on my senior year spring break. That sounds awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, what? It was awesome. So that was that was really my my regret that I never got to see, and I, I know I've said this before, is Don Rickles. That was my, that's my big one that I'm like, because every, like when we lived in LA and we'd go to Vegas for fun, uh, Rickles wasn't working. 
He was always off. When I was working in Vegas as a stand-up, he was always there, but we were working at the same time, so I couldn't see him then. And then afterwards, uh, when I was when I was back here, he'd come to a theater or something, and I I just never got to see him, and it it killed me. I always I always wanted to see him, and so that's that's one of those ones I saw, or I you know that's my that's one of my regrets. Two six two ditto about Rush. So grateful I saw Springsteen in the late seventies when he was not openly political, and Clarence was amazing on the sax. Clarence was always amazing on the sax. It, uh, yeah, I mean, artists evolve, and, um, you know, that's fine, it, it, you know. But we, we all have people that we admire. Did you have time to think of somebody, Tommy? You said, come back to you after the break. No pressure if you don't have one, that's fine. You're still young. All your favorite artists are probably still in their prime, so they're, they're not in any danger of going anywhere. Yeah, that's fair, but I got I to gotta stay up for Taylor Swift. I hear the show is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, my daughter's go. I think my daughter's going to see her in Detroit. Don't in ask her how much she spent on those tickets. That's what I'll say. I don't. I just mm-hmm. know I was in the house uh, when they when they were going through buying the tickets, and it was insanity. I all right. Listen, yeah, I'm going to say good night again. I don't know what's going to happen after nine o'clock. Maybe I'm back. You're done. You're done. Who knows? You're not coming back. I, well, we're kicking you. That's off. what you say now, Tommy. <laughs> I'm listen. I have a microphone. Uh, I don't have to go anywhere. Where, where do I? Where do I have to be? School doesn't start till eight fifteen tomorrow. I got about twelve hours before I got to be at school, so I'm good to go. But just in case this is the end, thanks again for listening and be a part of the program, Tommy. Thank you for all your work and your flexibility. And uh, Justin Garcia, thank you because we wouldn't have been able to talk about music during Bucks Weekly. That was exciting. Uh, I'll talk to you all again tomorrow night at six. Have a great one. It's WTMJ.